When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast. Rich Levine, Brian Robb. The long offseason continues for the Boston Celtics. Uh, B-Rob, last week we spoke about potential next head coaches for the Celtics. We'll touch on that a little bit again today because I still haven't hired anybody. We're also going to discuss a few actual players who might make their way to Boston next season. Uh, but first, B-Rob, a question for you. Are you ready? Hit me. Okay, which will hurt the NBA more financially? The pandemic or a Hawks-Suns NBA final? <laughs> uh, well, pandemic, but it, that's also... <laughs> but it's it's closer than you think. Um, really? No, it's not. <laughs> but but I, I can't imagine what the ratings will look like. They'll probably be like Stanley Cup ratings for the NBA finals. If we're looking at uh Hawks versus anyone, by the honest. way, I would be incredibly excited to watch a Hawks Suns finals. Oh, I, know, I, I know we don't represent the, the market that the NBA is looking to cash in on when, uh, when it comes to the finals, but in terms of, of just pure, just fun basketball. Yes. That's a great series. But whatever. A- uh, we, they, they, <laughs> we can, we got to get there first. Um, <laughs> so what, so, so what do you want to do here? We, 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 we talked about maybe, not talking so much about the teams that are, are still alive. Well, that's going to be part to do with this, but more the teams that are firing their coaches. Yes. So <laughs> as far as the Celtics are concerned that, that unfortunately that is, that is the kind of headlines that, that the Boston Celtics are more interested in at this point. Uh, and it's coming fast and furious. It really is. So we had, I guess, two more firings slash parting. I mean, does anyone get fired anymore? It's all parting of ways here, which is just like dressing up a firing, I guess now. Yes. Um, but yeah, so Stan Van Gundy canned. I guess that was the semi-surprising one. Scott Brooks gone with the Wizards. So that that pushes the openings around the league now to six. So you have those two teams along with the Celtics, the Magic, the Pacers, and the Blazers. So I look at this, Rich, and I you start to wonder now, there's no question the Celtics and Brad Stevens and the front office are going to take their time with this because a lot of the guys they probably want to look at are currently coaching in the playoffs right now. But my question to you, if you're running this coaching search right now, how much are you worried about just some semi appealing openings coming up now and potentially you know, not like messing with your search, but you're not going to be able to have potentially as many people waiting around for you for these jobs you would now, since there's, clearly plenty to pick from and, and a few interesting spots out there. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could talk about how, how interesting that, that Pelican's job is. I mean, obviously the, the potential to coach Zion is the, you know, there, other than maybe Giannis, when we talk about the potential openings, I guess Tatum should be up there too. But like the fact that Zion is now like already potentially pushing his way out of New Orleans, I don't know if that job is quite as, as tempting. They might just say to Zion, hey, who do you want to coach? Right. It could be, and maybe it could be and probably should be as easy as that. But um, 
but yeah, I, I still feel pretty good about having the two, having the, having the Jays. Uh, a lot of teams have one, but I don't think when we talk about the the other the other options that'll be available, I think the Celtics have the luxury of maybe waiting a little bit longer. You know, obviously, obviously, if you interview, if you bring in the guy that you want, and you, and you just know, you know, sometimes you just know if you're hiring for a job, this is this is the person that, regardless of anyone else who is out there, this is the guy we need or girl or woman uh, to lead this team. Uh, you make the hire, right? But I don't think you feel the pressure from these out from these outside other opportunities and potentially hire someone that you're not totally jazzed about just because you feel like you need to lock somebody down. Yeah, I would agree with that, and I think you realize you look at these other places and none of them are still, I think as appealing as Boston from a, the ownership's willing to spend, like you said, the young core in place to just the, having a big market and the resources um, in play there um, as well as, you know, very, you know, strong, I think front office that's in place under Brad Stevens still. So when you look at that, the only thing you start to worry about if, if like say the bucks lose in six on, you know, Thursday night here coming up, I think that job might catapult the Celtics. If, if bud gets canned there, which I feel like will happen if they lose on Thursday night. So that's the only thing when you, you might want to, you know, start getting going there. But other than that, I mean, like you said, do you think think the Sixers job, if if doc loses and gets canned, I can't, (laughs) I can't no, imagine. Not, yeah, it's just too much money for them. Like they have, that would like. I mean, we'll talk about that later. But that the, the meltdowns of the last couple of games there is. I mean, it's cl- it's classic Doc lately, unfortunately for him. But um, that's a whole different. Well, we, we've seen, we've already seen what happens this summer when you when you probably need to make a, a change at head coach, but you already owe him way too much money. You don't fire him; you make him the president of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um put it nicely um but yeah that is uh it is interesting to me though that all these changes were made and it's it's a lot of guys that have been you know retreads or people that have are were not clicking like brooks like a lot of guys that are just on borrow time here or a guy in steam van gundy who you know was great in orlando but i think he was kind of past his prime as a coach or to, at least you like you know what did he do in detroit like he he screwed them up for for years upon years. And then he got a, a quick other chance where maybe someone else deserved it anyway down there before he did. So a lot of that's getting rectified now. I, I imagine there's gonna be a lot of first time coaches being hired by all these teams, but I think that the one wild card to watch here for this, it's like what happens with the bucks. I think that's the only other job that could become open out of the teams that are left. And then that's the one where you maybe have to have some competition, you know, as you're, you know, posturing for your final pick. Have there been any, and I haven't seen this. Has there been any news about other potential interviews that have been going on? I know that that you had reported last week that you know that the that the assistants. And I know one of the Celtics assistants just went to Detroit, right, Jerome? Yeah, Allen. Jerome Allen. Yep. Um, that I know that they had interviewed you know the assistants potentially for the job. But have you heard anything more about about people coming in? No, I mean the last I know is that they it's going to take uh, a couple more weeks. I think my guess is they want to especially their top candidates want to, you know, have that meeting in person. Um, I'm sure they're doing some zooms as well right now, but there's, you know, for when you're making a hire like this, if you can get face to face with someone, I'm sure they want to do that. Uh, Especially as they get later in the process. So 
again, a lot of that, that can't happen for a lot of teams um, or a lot of coaches until um, teams get eliminated. So the Bucks have is, a couple of guys. Is that the rule NBA that you need to? I mean, you can get permission, but I can't imagine with the protocols and stuff, like are the Celtics going to, you know, get a private plane for these assistant coaches for, you know, 10 of these guys to actually get in and out and like work with the COVID. I imagine it'd be a lot easier if it was non COVID protocols right now, but I imagine. For yeah, but I mean, I mean, Wick and, Wick and Brad could hop on a flight to Philly. That is true. They could, you could go to them. So yeah, I didn't even, you know, think about that part of it, but maybe, but I think they're probably not at a point in the process where they're getting that, you know, that zoomed in on anyone right now. They're probably, have the understanding that, okay, we have, we have a lot of people we want to talk to here. Oh, the vast majority of them are still in the playoffs. So we'll, we'll start talking to some, and then, you know, we'll go down the line in terms of where they're coming to them. If they make a, a deep playoff run, or if, um, if they have a situation where there's enough off time between a series where they can come up to Boston. So, but uh, my guess is it's not going to, you know, we're looking at later this month at the earliest as when a decision is going to be made. Um, I just pray it's not July 4th, like they did with Brad Stevens and just ruining everyone's <laughs> ruining everyone's 4th of July weekend um, with the, the surprise. Yeah, no, so I'm seeing that the, the NBA draft is July 29th. I mean, that's got to be – it doesn't have to be, but you'd hope that, that – Oh, yeah. Then. That's a, right? Well, no, I mean, when is the finals end? Like mid-July? So I can't uh, – Yeah, yeah. I think I, and I can't, I can't envision it going past mid-July because – even if one of those, someone you want is still coaching in the finals, um, which is possible, um, I would think at that point you find a way with the schedule to still, you know, get that meeting with them that you want. Okay, so that's you when forward. you that's when you hop on the plane to Philly. Right. If, if somehow the 76ers are, are alive past uh, next this time next week. Sure. So, but but that's that's where it gets interesting though, Rich, in terms of okay, how long are you going to wait for these other coaches, and then. If you if it, you say oh, I really like Sam Cassell or I really like you know Chauncey or whoever, um, you know Darvin Ham, Udoka in uh, Brooklyn, if other choices start coming off the board by these other teams before then, whether it's you know New Orleans, Washington, Portland, while you're waiting for that interview, that's where I think things get different. I'm guessing these other teams are not going to wait around; they're going to want to get a move on this sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I think that's why those teams are the Pelicans, right? Who 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 were gifted Zion and and are screwing that up the same way that you know that I would, who knows if there'll even be a team in New Orleans for much longer. I think I think that's a, the, the teams that that jump to those I don't say conclusions, but just but just rush those judgments because whether it's panic or or pressure or whatever it is, I I hope I, that doesn't that doesn't strike me as a as a Brad St- Brad Stevens trait. Yeah, you know to panic in those situations but again like there might be you know he, he i imagine that as far as his career goes he is about as overwhelmed that, as he's ever been and, and not necessarily like in a, in a way that he can't handle i'm just saying what he was kind of thrown into and what he's taking on uh right now especially not having a coach and not having the hierarchy of the of the front office i think sort of mapped out as specifically as as he probably will uh i think on top of a critical offseason period for the franchise. Yeah. Yeah, no, I- I- exactly. So, I don't know. I I guess we will see. Um do you, do you want to talk about do you want to talk about those guys that they could potentially bring in yet or do you want to do you want to talk about Let, ooh, Let's Jason talk about Tatum? let's talk about Jason Tatum quickly before we get into some potential um trade options for Brad and company to look at this summer. 
I do two things with Tatum. Well, first I'll give you this. Do you, can you name the last Olympian that played for the, that played while they were as a member of the Celtics on team USA? Pierce. Paul Pierce never played during the Olympics. He played for the oh, right, World Championships. Because he was kind of a, uh, an, an asshole. That George, played. And then George Carl threw him under the bus because um, yeah. that came in sixth place. And then he should have played for the Olympics team, but for that just, you know, screwed up that relationship. So he never did. Yeah, that was a tough, I think, tough time. Paul's career in terms of off some off the court uh, right. yeah. commitments to basketball, maybe that, that, that could have gotten in the way. Um, so the last person to play was it the dream team, Larry Bird. Yeah, it was Larry Bird. The one and only. I wow. looked that up the other day and I was like, wow. Cause you think like, okay, you know, Garnett or like Al Rayon. Nope. They, none of those guys played with when they were with the Celtics and, you know, KG obviously played, I think maybe in 2004 when he was with the Wolves still. So that's, so Jason Tatum, your first potential Olympian here. In 20, 29 years, Jeez, as a member of the been? Celtics. Yeah. Oh wow, we're gonna have a lot of thirty-year uh, dream team celebrations going on. That's right. And it's, well, it's funny. I think Larry's Celtics career was even technically over by the time he played. Exactly. So yeah, technically, <laughs> yeah, like it, it was over. But that's like, well, he still was still uh, under contract at that point. Yeah. Um, so I hate. I hate that. I, I hate that Jason Tatum is playing in the Olympics. Um, I mean, it's great that he's representing his country, but like. I wonder if you put if you put him under a, a given some truth serum, how much does it have to do with representing your country? How much does it have to do with helping Nike make money? Like, I don't know, like how like like where what the breakdown might be. Um, yeah, it's just I, I, I just think that after these last two years and we've seen what, what's going on with, the, with with so many of the stars in the playoffs and just the wear and tear of these last two years of basketball, like it would be great if the cornerstone of your franchise um, maybe wouldn't be you know, putting himself at risk of having one of these set injuries or whatever, even if, even if it, even if it doesn't show itself for another couple of months after the fact where his body doesn't have time to rest. Uh, I don't love it. Um, his decision to make. So I hope he goes and wins the gold. Um, and I, it is absolutely absurd that Jimmy Butler made an all NBA team over Jason Tatum. We'll talk. I mean, it, that it's not horrible news for the Celtics. Oh, it's great news for the Celtics. Clearly. Um, so so break break it down real, real quick, like the difference that it does make for, as far as the, the cap and his and his max money and all that. Yeah. So for salary, essentially, for the next five years, it goes down five and a half million dollars per year, essentially. And so that doesn't mean on the surface, that's not a big deal. But when you factor in how much luxury tax the Celtics ownership is going to have to pay if they want to contend down the line here, then that number gets a lot bigger because you're not paying dollar for dollar there. You're paying, you know, dollars for each dollar over the luxury tax, depending on how high you go. So it could be, you know, the difference between 15, 20, $25 million for ownership, which I think matters a lot when you're trying to fill out, you know, a team and then aren't, you know, it's not going to cost you that much extra. And then when it comes to just salary cap space period, that's when this team can finally get under the cap. Once Kemba's deal expires in two years, having an extra $5 million, $6 million to work with matters again. That might be the difference between, you know, keeping, you know, Neesmith and Payne Pritchard around if you want to sign a third max slot or something like that in that spot. So for the Celtics have had so much not go the way in the last couple of years and Tatum obviously I think deserved all NBA, but this was something that given that it lasts for five years is a, I think a pretty big deal that the 
a, a bullet that the team dodges from a team planning perspective. No, it's great. And, and again, like, I think a lot of Tatum struggles this year, no fault of his own, like COVID and, and what he has been very vocal about what he went through. So there are those stretches where maybe some of the people were making up their minds, you know, clearly the last month, I don't know when it actually started where he kind of, where he kind of woke up. Um, he was all world, you know, he, he was at least, I think a, a second team down the stretch. But when you look at when you when you look at the full body of work this season, I guess you could make the argument that yeah, maybe he could just miss. But I just think I, I remember seeing the stat at the beginning of the playoffs, the the games that Jimmy Butler had played this year against the Nets, the Bucks, and the uh, and the Sixers. I think he played one game out really? of a possible nine against those teams all year. Um, so that's tough to give someone a third team All NBA where when he's. And I don't think he was ducking them necessarily, but. When you when you're not there for those most pivotal games uh, of your team season, I don't know. It probably, I mean, who knows how much it came down to when the Heat and Butler just wiped the floor of the Celtics in those last two, you know, games yeah. for the for the to get up to the six or five seed. And if that's when the votes were were due, um, that was not a good final impression that Tatum and the Celtics. Not that Tatum was a problem in those games. Like that was just the Celtics just defensively were toast. Um, but if a lot of these awards get not aren't judged on head to head, but they're judged on record as like a tiebreaker for a lot of these writers, I feel like. And so that was, that was that. And, and Tatum got a little extra motivation moving forward, but yeah, now that's not a bad thing either. Not a bad thing either, but now a little liar in the wallet, um, has to make it up in Olympic endorsements. Yeah, no, that, that, that's probably what it is. That's probably why he's going because well, he found out. he. What about the recruiting aspect though? For like being that, not that there's gonna be a ton of guys. I mean, because like whatever, Beal, like you don't have to worry about that. They'll they'll talk all day. We don't know who else is going, but is any of that appeal to you at all, given the history uh, of this? Or no? Yeah, given the history, I think I'm much more worried about Tatum being recruited. Than, uh, <laughs> That's true. Tatum doing the recruiting. To be honest, yeah, I, with, with, with the way this years, is though. going. That's true. What's though. that? You got at least you got him for four years here, so that's you a got pretty him for four years away. until 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 his people start telling other people that, that, that he wants out. And then you yeah. get it. And I know that's not Tatum. And, and I, I, but I, would you be shocked if, if, if down the road, either him or, or Jalen decide they don't want to be here anymore. If anything, I, I think Jalen could be more likely like the long-term stick around for, you know, for whoever he does. I, I don't know. We, we, we don't know, but I, I am, I'm more worried about him being recruited. Well, it sounds like you gotta get some help around him sooner than later then, huh? So maybe should we look at some people that they could maybe put around? I think that I think we should. That's perfect. We got to do it quick, like right now. So, right now. So you had that you you wrote this article on Mass Live earlier this week, um, breaking down. So we got eleven about a million eleven million dollars left. Eleven million dollars left on the Hayward exception. Yep. And you got to use it. You got to use it by the middle of August in this offseason. And the the wild card here is you can't you can't really get anyone in free agency if we assign and trade because of some cap rules with the apron and crap. So essentially you could use it on guys that are already under contract. And so looked around the league to try to find some appealing candidates. And there are some, some good ones, some popular names that you'd expect some potential buy low targets. Um, so I'm going to throw a few of them at you to see what you, who you like here. Um, I have the list in front of me. Yeah, the list well. in front of you. Okay, well, I'll go to you then. Like, who who stands out to you on this list? Um, people can find it on Mass Live, um, but we'll go yeah, through so... some of the more popular names here that you like. Well, I'm I'm more 
so Kyle Anderson. Sure. I, I had a thought, and we don't know if, if everything, if this could all play out, but the idea of a starting five of Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Kyle Anderson, Jason Tatum, and Rob Williams. I can be inspired by by those five starting a game for the Celtics. It's a lot of versatility in that group outside of Rob uh, defensively, which is, I think, I'm with you. I think that would be hold a lot of appeal and if Anderson's three-point shooting gains are real this past year, which he shot like 37% and was taken for a game or whatever, that's a that's a very big deal for a guy who really hasn't been able to shoot much his whole career. So what are you willing to give up for him, though? That's the question. It's like you you don't have to send out the salary, but are you giving up are you giving up number 16 for, for Anderson? Man, so this is the, this is these these are the decisions that Brad Stevens is facing, just what window. Right. What window are you working with right now? Because, I mean, if 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 you got if you got someone, so Anderson only has one year left in yeah, one year. So you could you could talk extension with him conceivably, um, right? But are you going to be able to keep him and Fournier money wise? It, I mean, it all depends on what happens with Kemba. Um, who, who who do you prefer in that in that in that conversation? Anderson uh, or Fournier? Fournier. Yeah. I mean, definitely Anderson for defense <laughs> after what we saw from Fournier. But I think from a versatility standpoint, if the cost was equal, probably Anderson. Um, I think so too, yeah. Just because you might want that length a little more. But again, we didn't see the best of Fournier this past year. It's tough to guard him, I mean, judge him post-COVID, I feel like, in full. So, I mean, ideally you have Fournier as a six-man. Um, but it's all going to come down to price point there. Yeah, because I wonder, like, could could Neesmith start to do more of what you would right. want Fournier to do? Right, because you have that, you have, and then Langford still around. I'll be interested to see what happens to his. They have an option for like five and a half million to do on him during the preseason. That's going to be a really fascinating decision for in terms of how they feel about his development, assuming that he can stay on the floor this summer. Um, yeah, but I like I, I I think I would take Anderson over, over over Fournier. I just I just like he's he's almost like what he can do offensively. It's a bit of what you wanted from Al Horford. Yeah, obviously he doesn't have that he doesn't have that size. And he certainly isn't he can't defend in, in the post uh, the way that 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 Al did. But the way that he can sort of just be at the the center of an offense and pass and just be active and step out a little bit when you want to. And he can I mean I know slow mo he's not super athletic dude, but he can he can get out and and run a break like he can lead a break. Um, so yeah, that 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 he that name excited me. Uh, I love Mason Plumley Plumley, but your point about the fact that he can't shoot. Um, I think uh, is Tristan Thompson going to be on the team next year? I'm going to, I'm ready to say no. I mean, if they can find someone to take him just to dump the money, I think they, but I, but who, who wants, who's going to take him? Yeah, you could, you can convince, uh, you can convince some uh, maybe like borderline uh, contender. He could be a good like if he's coming off the bench like as your as your starting. Oh, center, he's still could be a useful you're... player. No, I mean he he helped them up. Him in game three was phenomenal. He can swing a game in a series when he has it. Then he'll maybe, also maybe the Nets want Tristan. Yeah, <laughs> they'll offer DeAndre for him. Yeah, right. But um, but but if if for some reason Tristan is not on the team, uh, then I would love Mason Plumlee in that sure. in that role. 
Um, I agree. Can't shoot, but does just about everything else. Right. Um, and then I'm Nance uh, would, would, would be great. I don't know how much you'd maybe have to give for him. I'm, I'm still intrigued by Marvin Bagley. Like, yeah. What's I, I know you say, you say there? here, well, you say here, he's only 22 and could probably be had for pennies on the dollar. Um, I, I wonder how, how cheap, how cheap he could come. I mean, is there any way that, 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 the Kings can be talked into getting taking Kemba. I can't, the one I can't see that because they have De'Aaron Fox. So it's like, what are you going to do with Kemba? Well, I think it's pretty clear that you're not bringing in Kemba to be like your lead dog, top point guard. But can you play those guys together given their size? Well, how, how, is, is De'Aaron that small? I thought he was. I thought he was like 6'3 or something like that. So it's just if. If Kemba wasn't, I mean, if Kemba was more versatile defensively, I think it'd be an easier sell. But the problem is so many of these teams have so much money tied up in point guards already. It's just like a position where there's there's a lot of excess already. So I think that's what makes moving, you know, convincing one of these teams to take on Kemba going to be the big challenge this summer. Yeah, that's a pain in the ass. Um, but I mean, I, I would love to take a chance on Bagley if you could get him for cheap. Like you, you, you're not bringing him in with the expectations of a former number two overall pick, you know, uh, same way with Bari. Um, but I would love to see what, what he can do, like in situations where, again, like you have Tatum and, and Jalen already out there. Right. And Marvin Bagley's just out there as more of an afterthought. Just go and do the work. The ball will find you if you are running the floor and, and, and doing that. And I, I think that would be certainly worth the risk. I was somewhat intrigued when, when I read that Shetty Oseman is only 25. Yeah. Like he's, he's been, been around, around for, yeah, he's been around forever. I don't know if he could be like a, a Fournier light. He uh, certainly he'll come cheaper than Fournier. That's for sure. Only 8 million. So the, again, that's like, if you want cost control, like he is a decent buy low target that um, again, I, I, he like you worry about him and like Bagley, those guys really can't defend the lick. It seems like, but the offensive upside is there um, in a secondary role where, okay, if you can, you know, you're not gonna have the money to get, a free agent like this out there with the, the taxpayer mid-level, which is only worth, you know, five and a half or six. So if the Cavs just want to dump them for nothing, like you could do worse than that for sure. Um, what yeah, up? So, and then, I mean, Kevin Knox, that's another, another buy low candidate that you mentioned, you know, obviously like not the same way that like Doc Rivers is not a big rookie player. Yes. Uh, Tom Thibodeau. I mean, not, I mean, Knox is <laughs> not totally, so, totally buried in Thibodeau's uh, system and, and maybe, you know, for good reason, I clearly the Knicks had a great regular season, but I think that, uh, that he does still have some potential. Clearly there was some talent there. Um, and I think that, I don't know, but let, 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 like you said too, maybe the, the, there's too much youth already on the Celtics roster. You don't, but at the same time, like maybe you gotta, you gotta swing and hit on one of these on one of other young talents. Cause that's what you need, right? You need cheap, young talent guys like Neesmith who are who who for the next few years at least are not going to take up a bunch of of, of the cap of the of, of, of the payroll but can contribute and you know just, just just give you better value more bang for your buck and 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 it might take hitting on a, on a Kevin Knox or somebody like that yeah so that's what they're kind of left with I think it's a great point in terms of going into the offseason you need to they did a great job of this, this front office from like 2013 to 
2018, I think, just finding guys like this that you can rebuild value with their youth, uh, whether you keep them or you, you spin them off into something else. So if they can get back to that for a couple of parts of this roster where they have a little bit to work with, I think that'll be a, a huge win for the team, whether it's, you know, being supporting cast off the bench or, you know, moving it, moving it via trade to get you something else that you need. So who's yeah, your like pick? We're talking about Bagley. We'll say if, if, ba- if, if Marvin Bagley could come in and play a role similar to what Bobby Portis is doing with Milwaukee this year, you know, you say the guy, he's not going to be a lockdown defender, but he's a big, a big that you can bring off the bench and they can score in bunches and might not need every game. Um, but he's just, but he's just there. So who's my pick of all these guys? I mean, I think, yeah, I think Kyle Anderson is still my, is still my number one. I think he's the guy for me that feels like fits the best with the Jays is a grid combination. Let me say he's only 27 of a guy that can, that can help you now, but also can, can leave you some room to dream for the future. Like I don't want to, you know, we just talked about uh, talked about coaches, like, and how you don't want to just keep hiring these retreads uh, who I'm just, just being passed around and fired. And fired. I don't, I don't want to, to find like Jeremy lamb is an example yeah. of a veteran who's been around. Everyone keeps taking chances on his, on his, you know, quote unquote potential. And by the way, you said he shot, he shot 40% from three this year when he plays like the dude can score, like he's a pro, but I just don't know if that's the kind of guy you can, you, you want to bring in right now for what the sell you want someone that you can feel better about moving forward with. Um, and that's Kyle Anderson for me. Would you, would you go with Marcus Smart for Kyle Anderson if they if the Grizzlies are like we don't want draft picks, we want someone who can help us take the next step? There are many there are many other uniforms or teams that I can see Marcus Smart wearing and playing for, but Memphis kind of fits the same the same reason like it was good fit for Tony Allen. Sure, I feel like that could be a good, it would be a good fit for Marcus Smart. Do I want to? No, like I, it might be very hard to ever say yes. I would like to trade Marcus Smart. Um, no, you, well, you wouldn't want to trade Marcus Smart, but if that, if that's the, if that's the price, if that's saying, Hey, we we're Memphis, we have a lot of talent here, but we need more of a defensive presence in our backcourt next to Morant. And we don't need another draft pick. We could use a good gritty veteran like Marcus Smart who makes reasonable money. And yeah. I mean, you wonder, I mean, Dylan Brooks seemed to solidify that starting job. Right, you think. Yeah, you would think. He, he's, uh, he's, kinda, he's, couple years. he's got some Marcus on him too. Like he's 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 gritty. Um but Marcus Marcus can be a good finally assume his role as six man uh in Memphis. But yeah, I, I guess maybe I would. I don't I don't love what, what the Celtics are left with in the backcourt after that. Like Kemba and, and Pritchard. I mean that'd be your point card. You'd you'd certainly have to um really worked the free agent market for because you to to find a at least a defensive minded guard unless Romeo Lankford's gonna take on that role which I don't think he's ready for yet. I don't think so. Yeah so, so like, who who are those who are those defensive minded guards that you could that you could potentially bring in? I mean it's gonna be slim pickings for five million dollars I'll tell you that much. Um there's Tim Hardaway Jr. He's gonna be making big money. He's gonna be making like, more norm uh UFA's Alec Burks. I know you've, you've long loved Alec Burks. I do like Burks, but not for his defense. I like that could be, but or if you're the Celtics, maybe just say, you know, we're going, we're going offense first. And like the rest, like so many other teams in the league, even though in this Bucks net series, it's neither of these teams, 
you know, three or four of these games have been rock fights, I feel like. So who knows Garrett what happens Temp- in the playoffs? Garrett yeah, like a Garrett Temple type, yeah. Tony Snell. The, yeah. Not, not, really not a lot to fix. <laughs> You're not. Danny Green is a, is a unrestricted free agent. Yeah, he could definitely be available. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, – that's the thing. If it's that's going to be choices like that are going to be on the table. I feel like when you, if you when you're Brad Stevens and company this offseason in terms of we want to upgrade, we want to add more length and versatility to you know the three and the four spots next to Brown and Tatum, but we also don't want to leave a hole. And if if the if the the price is market smart, um, and but the, I mean the bottom line here, Rich is like they're not going to be able to, in all likelihood, unless ownership is paying a monster tax bill, they're not going to be able to keep Smart, Kemba, and Fournier anyway. So if there are no Kemba deals on the table that they like, then that's when you have to look at the Smart and Fournier aspect of it and maybe make a choice among those two guys. Unless, like you said, you find a taker for Tristan or something like that elsewhere to to lighten up the the salary load. What would it take for there to be a uh, a Kemba deal that the Celtics don't like? You think? <laughs> you know, like well, like if, yeah, if like how many first deal, round picks? Well, how many first round picks to, are you gonna give uh, up to get rid of them? You yeah. have more than one. But here's the thing: if, if if you're at the point where you're where you're giving up like one of these first round picks, you are going to get some level of warm body in return, right? The same way that that like we just said, Danny Green, he he went to the to the Sixers in that Al deal, right? Yes. So if, if, if you're, if you're willing to, to, to part with that, then maybe, yeah, that's when you can start, you know, if, if you, if you would, if you throw that 16 that you talk about it and with that, then you'd have to, you get something back. Oh yeah. Someone who can play. You get that Horford back. Hey, um, I don't know. No, I, as, as I'm saying, did not, did not get the retreads that, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, let's, let's, let's not do that. I, there was a point earlier in this off season, which seems like three months long already, uh, that I was open to potentially bringing Al back, but that should be sealed. Why would, would you watch like tape of him? No, because I'm changing my months? mindset. I'm, I'm looking forward. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward now. I don't want to. I don't want to hold on to something from the past and try to capture lightning in the bottle and 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 sort of just uh, make things look put lipstick on the pig, as they say, and make things look better for now. I want something that we can build around. And Al's, we've seen, even if Al can come in and give you a little bit, uh, you know, maybe it's like Bill Walton in 1986. Um, I'm looking for someone that you're going to see a certain, that, that is going to get better for the next few years. Okay. So what's your, what is your priority for next season then? What is my Right priority? now. Like what is, what, do you, what are you going into this off season being like, you know, are you hoping to change things so they're back contending next year? Or do you want to, because my contention is maybe you, next year you take a step back so you can take a step forward in a year or two. I'm, I'm the, I, so again, that's and that's that that's the the, the middle ground where they are with J, with Jason and Jalen. That's where Jason Tatum can 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 look at the situation and be like, maybe you know maybe my career isn't in Boston. Sure. When you when when you have a superstar coming into his prime and he can see that you're not trying to win right now, even if it makes sense, because it, it doesn't always make sense to, to play for now in the, in, in the NBA. And I think that if it, some of the biggest criticisms that you can, you can lay on Danny Ainge for his last year or two is that I, th- I thought he was, he was focused too much on the now. 
I don't think that this was a, a contending team, even if everyone was healthy. And I think bringing in bringing in a Tristan Thompson, right, and that's and where those and having it cost you Daniel Tice a couple months later, right, right, like those are the now, and even you know to a certain extent what they did with with, with Fournier. I, I think you know they, they, I think there are many other ways you you, you could have got gone about it to leave you more flexibility. That was always what they did, right, and that's why they, they Danny gets the reputation of almost making those trades. It was always about keeping flexibility, was not having bad contracts, uh, and playing for that bigger picture and be, being ready to pounce when the op- when the when the window was open and the opportunity presented itself. Um, and they've they're not there anymore. And I mean, that's, I can't blame them so much for the Kemba contract. Not, we were all obviously celebrating it when it happened, so it'd be crazy to kill him for it now. Um, but you know, that was really the the first piece that that made it where you know, for the first time in almost a decade that the Celtics were really boxed in to in terms of what they can do. And here we are. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I think you, you need to get back to that big picture um, and, and hope and just, and just have an open line of communication with the Jays. You know, I think that's, that's important. Like treat them like they're part of this, if they're part of it. And that doesn't mean like a LeBron situation where you're asking them to, you know, where, where they're, they're telling you who to bring in. But let them know how it's going. Let them know what what the strategy is, what the big picture is, why you're doing certain things, and and just have everyone just got to trust and, and again get themselves back to a situation where they have a little bit more flexibility to make a splash when that splash presents itself. I 100% agree with that, and it's too bad that I mean, again, if you're looking back at what been around the last couple of years, the fact that, like you said, the Celtics never had it, you know, weren't lost their chance to kind of push all in, um, in the last year or two, cause they were too far away. Like they just never took that chance, you know, prematurely when they had the opportunity. Um, and once Kyrie went out the door, maybe that was a chance to pivot. They didn't do it, but even, you know, that bubble year, if you had added one more player during that year to help you against the heat, like, does that make a difference when Hayward goes down? Like, it certainly would have made a bigger difference than Fournier did this year, especially if he's going to be out the door um, in free agency. But that's the the fact that they kind of let that slip away is something that will hurt. But like you said, that shouldn't impact what they do now and whether it's you know finding the reset. Um, at some like point, to, you have at some point you have to do it, right? <laughs> right. And like, I think the sooner about like I and you'd rather see them do that now. Then, you know, when Tatum and Jalen only have a year or two left and then you're, you're even more boxed in and with nowhere to go. Yeah. Cause I don't think I, like the, the, we'll see what happens with the Nets. Like, I don't think that, that, that super team is, is long for this world. You know, I, I don't, I don't think that that's something that, that it's like the, the, the warriors of a couple of years ago when you're like, Oh, okay. For the next three to four years, the, the Nets are going to be a top. I don't necessarily think that. Like, it seems like the 76ers are ready to, to ready to combust. Um, who knows what's going to happen with Milwaukee? They seem a little bit more stable. Um, the Lakers, uh, you know, we've seen we've seen the best of LeBron. Like, I don't necessarily think the Lakers are in a great position. Um, the and it's interesting to see. I mean, the Warriors have have with Clay coming back and Steph and 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 some some guys like Wiseman to to make a deal to bring in some more talent. They could be the next uh, great team. But other than that, you know, I, I think you you you, you want to do it as, as fast as possible. But at least for the next year or so, I think it's okay to not 
to be at the at, at the, in the upper echelon. I think I think things are going to change over soon. My last question about this: Kemba and Tatum are tight. Does that influence you in terms of what you're doing with Kemba right now? No. I mean, were they tired than Javante Green and uh, but a much much cheaper just to, to keep. I know, <laughs> right? That, that looks keep, like <laughs> how much they were happy. Um, um, no, it doesn't. That 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 doesn't do anything for me. I mean, I mean Tatum and I mean obviously Kyrie left on his own, so that wasn't trading him. But uh, you say again, you say Tatum, like, what do you want? Do you want to play for a title? I, may, and maybe he thinks that you that Kemba is the best chance if if he can stay healthy. Like, you know, you could you could make that argument that a healthy Kemba is better than whatever else they're going to get for him, but. You know, I don't know. You can't bet on that anymore. And, and is there any more insight into like just the state of that knee? Like we already said, he probably needed surgery. He probably should have had surgery to to make it better. It's, it reminds me a little bit of Isaiah's t- hip, you know, where he kept on putting it off, trying to play through it. Like, let's just, just take that shorter, you know, take some time off and make it get better as opposed to having the surgery, which he eventually did have because that's just what happens. Um, but I wonder, and until he can has surgery on that knee, if it's ever gonna come back. So if that you can't, you know, I'm sure it would bum out Tatum. But again, if you talk to him about it, if you explain why these things are happening, if you don't have a situation where Tatum's out on Twitter when it happens, you know that it happened, that Kemba's gone. If you can bring them in, bring the Jays in, and say, okay, we're not in a great situation right now. We are worse off than we were two years ago, worse off than we were a year ago. In order to make it better, here's how we need to do it. Here's how we're going to try to do it. Hope you understand. <laughs> and try to convince them, sell them on the plan, assuming there is one, right? I think that's how you have to do it. And and if that entails trading Kemba, then you got to do it. And understand, it's a business. As long as you're bringing in Bradley Beal. Sure. I'm sure that would sweeten, would sweeten the deal a lot. Or get Javante back, one of the two. Right. That is, I mean... I, I get why you know, we know why they got rid of Javante for, for money reasons um, to get under the, the tax line, but it's too bad. You know, like Carson Edwards couldn't go out on that. You just keep Javante. Yeah. Javante would have been a lot more helpful in the net series than, than Carson Edwards. Helpful in any like, series, any game. He's, he's, <laughs> he proved that. I mean, he was, it wasn't, you know, one of the, the, the greatest stretches of Celtics history, but for a while, Javante was part of that rotation. Yeah. and was contributing and doing things to help the team. So, oh, well. Hope he gets a shot somewhere next year. Um, sure. This one is around. It's, good. it's a great story. Um, all right. That'll be, that'll put a bow on this optimism for now. Um, <laughs> hit us up at Rich underscore Levine, at Brian T. Rob on Twitter, or at Winning Plays Pod. Uh, are we back for one more next week, Rich? Or are we, uh, what's the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe early next week we could do it. And then Rich has getting some, married. That's the big, yeah, Rich has some. That's some, the big. Some big news coming up. Yeah. Um, and so he'll, he'll go away for a little bit, but we'll still be around during that um, as he enjoys his nuptials. But um, yeah, we'll be keeping tabs on the coaching search and these postseason runs and everything else for this crazy season off season coming up. So stay tuned.